Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 103 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Connor Wiley. And today's episode is on how can success change your personality. This is a really great episode and I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking even more forward to doing like today's episode. It's a great episode. I really, really enjoyed it because it really does show how behaviour and psychology is not just like a one-way direction because, yes, success can affect our personality, but our personality can affect success as well. So this is a great episode. I really, really enjoyed it. And it is Friday the 23rd of July 2021 as I record this. And that's actually quite a scary thought that by next Saturday there'll only, there'll only be five months left of the year. <laughs> that actually is really, really scary. Okay, so moving on to psychology news section. So we've been from British Psychological Society Research Digest. And the first one I absolutely love. People tend to believe that psychology is a feminine discipline. Despite the fact that psychology students are more likely to be women than men and that women outnumber men in the clinical psychology workforce, women in psychology publish less, receive fewer citations and are underrepresented as senior positions within university departments. This juxtaposition of over and underrepresentation poses an interesting question about how people perceive gender roles within the field. This question is explored in a new study in the Journal of Social Psychology. The team finds that people associate psychology more strongly with femininity than masculinity and this may affect how men and women feel about working and studying in the field. I completely agree about this because let's face it I really do consider psychology to be more feminine than a masculine field. So that's mainly because I am a a clinical um, psychology person by a background but the thing is though is that uh, in like clinical psychology as the article said there is so many more women compared to men and out of all the most um, psychology facing the public, I don't know if that made any sense uh, or sense that. But when people think about proper psychology, not profiling, they tend to think about um, clinical psychology and mental health. And a lot of them are women. So that's definitely why people tend to think that psychology is a more feminine. But also, though, like, it comes back down to the stupid stereotypes that men don't show emotions, men aren't allowed to show their emotions because it makes them look weak, and all of that rubbish. <laughs> oh, that is just so stupid. And like, uh, because of that, and because women are supposed to be emotional wrecks, so even though that's another stupid like stereotype, but that's why people tend to believe that psychology, which is to do with emotions, is a lot more geared towards women. So all of it's based on very stupid stereotypes, and it really does need to be uh, addressed. <laughs> so we're moving on. So moving on to another one. People in positions of power are more likely to blame and punish others for poor performance. Having a choice mindset, believing in short that people's behaviours are choices or deliberate actions driven by their own motivations and preferences has multiple benefits. Those with a choice mindset feel as if 
they have a control over their own destiny, for example, and seeing better outcomes in negotiations. There are some drawbacks, however. Choice mindsets can lead to victim blaming, a lack of care about inequality, and a reduced interest in acts of social good. And a new study finds that people in positions of power tend to adopt a choice mindset, which makes them more likely to blame others for their mistakes. And this really does remind me about um, ideology, because in my social psychology book, I talk about mediocrity or which which is a basically an ideology which states that um, people who are at the top they deserve to be and the people who are at the bottom deserve to be at the bottom and like and not the top and it all comes back to the ideology the qualities are just an excuse by the lower people to try and uh, criticize the top so that's interesting though and the choice mindset I can definitely see the benefits but as we all know from a psychology from pretty much every single field of a psychology behaviors aren't necessarily a choices at all the mind Mindset's wrong. Yes, there are some good benefits, but it's definitely not perfect. And then the last one is editor's pick. Bronze medalists are really happier than a silver medalist. That's a really hard word to say quickly. Insights from the 2016 Olympics. And of course, today is the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics. It'd be interesting to watch that to see what happens in terms of COVID. To win a medal of any kind at the Olympic Games takes years of training, hard work and sacrifice. Standing on an Olympic podium is widely regarded as the pinnacle of an athlete's career. Nonetheless, only one athlete can win gold, leading at the number two runner-off medalist to a punter what might have been, intriguingly, a seminal study from the 1992 Olympic Games suggests that this counterfactual thinking was especially painful for silver medalists, who appeared visibly less happy than a bronze medalist. The researchers speculated that this may have been because of different counterfactual thinking they engaged in with a bronze medalist being happy that they didn't come forth while silver medalists feeling sad that they didn't win a code. But a study from 2019 challenges that initial eye-grabbing result that suggests that bronze medalists are happier than silver medalists. Saying a medalist like so many times is actually quite tiring. However, the result supports the idea that the nature of counterfactual thinking differs depending on whether athletes come at second or third. This, I think, is a very interesting idea. Well, I idea though, and this is a, a very timely article from Research Digest because, of course, we've got Tokyo Olympics though, and it just shows the power of like counterfactual thinking. And actually, the picture that they've got it does show with the um, yeah where the athletes at different levels of happiness and sadness. So very interesting. And as always, though, everything is worth researching. Oh, I didn't know I was actually going to say like the last bit. Okay, then. So that's enough psychology news section. Let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. So there hasn't been a lot of stuff going on but like this week, at least in terms of like psychology, because of many have been doing like fiction projects and like some other stuff. But if you're on my email list, then you would have seen yesterday, as I record this, that I've started to research police psychology for a new forensic psychology book that I'm going to be doing like soon, though. So that is really, it's actually very, very surprising because and. It's actually quite paradoxical because, because like so far, like as I'm reading it, but like it turns out that people love the police and they're the most highly regarded part of the criminal justice system. 
but equally people aren't that sure on them and they acknowledge that there's tons of problems with the police and then there's like that bit but very very interestingly it actually turns out that there's well that there's a police culture and the police the police culture is actually quite it's very strange and like what it's basically all about though is that it basically goes into like um, organizational coaches like workplace coaches there's a lot of like very good research that i need to do first because there's a because in the book i'm reading there's at least another 20 pages pages though when then i'll do some like, additional research well research though but these are like 20 proper textbook pages so like any of you that have been like to university you know what i'm talking talking about massive thick pages with like two columns tiny text so yes this is going to take a while well a while though but i'm like chipping away at it and it should be in the next two weeks that i'll um crack on with it because i forgot um some of my other projects so i'm just looking to chip away at it and then i'll dive into it in about two weeks time though and aside from that there's actually nothing else psychology related that i've been up to this week so as always, I always love to know your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So you can always email me, conwiley at conwiley.net. You can always leave a comment at the show notes at conwiley.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi-wiley. I always love to hear from all of you. And today's episode has been sponsored by Personality Psychology and Individual Differences. This is a great book that really does tie into today's episode. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you really have got to get this a great book because it really does go into so much depth about personality psychology. Yes, like how we classify traits, the five-factor model, like neuroticism, agreeableness, and the other things that we're going to talk about today. And also like how does our personality change over time? And so many really great facets that I really, really in it writing about. Especially though, like how our personality can affect politics and veganism and all of those great, very, very niche and very relevant topics. So I really do recommend this book. And it's always, it's always written in a great, really easy to understand way, and it's fun. <laughs> yes, because as we all know from university, psychology textbooks are not fun. This is not a textbook, this is a fun book that you actually want to read. So that is personality psychology and individual differences available from all major ebook retailers and you can buy the payback and the hardback version from Amazon at your local bookstore or your local library if you be requested. And that book will be released on the 28th of September 2021 but I really do recommend that you pre-order it. It's a great book, you really do not want to miss it. So that's enough for the personal update, let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be looking at how success can change a personality. So we know that our personality can affect our behaviour in lots of different ways. And what I really like about personality psychology is that you can really see it in other people. Like if you like think about it, you don't really need to like dive into the personality too much because the personality is very surface level, if that makes any sense that we're Yes, yeah, so I move on to the actual con- well, content part. So the five factor model. So this was proposed by Robert McGunn and Paul Acosta last century. And the five factor model, in essence, proposes that humans have five basic personality dimensions, and the individual differences between people are down to the varying levels of these these different dimensions, and all the other personality traits that are like a different part of these personality dimensions. So like what these personality dimensions are um, is that the neuroticism, openness to experience, extroversion, 
agreeableness and conscientiousness. And throughout this blog post, I'm going to like allude to like what each of those are. So if we bring in success, so each of these factors, they're related to personality, but also personality can affect success because of these. So if we look at neurotism first, so this personality dimension is related to how well people deal with stress and worry. And people high in high in this personality trait tend to have male adaptive strategies to deal with stress and yes this sounds a lot like a clinical psychology and it is and I was actually going to try and make this into a clinical psychology blog post too or podcast episode but I realized it would get a bit long there So we're linking this to success. So people high in neuroticism don't tend to achieve very much in their career because their neuroticism hinders their abilities. abilities. But some people high in neuroticism can manage to achieve success because they learn how to suppress these tendencies to worry less and learn better management strategies so that they can deal with their stress and worry better. And also some like facets of neuroticism include, uh, yeah, well, like, include stuff like um, anxiety. Uh, so the general anxiety that we get about life and I think that's to do with our levels of um, so the next one is openness to experience and this actually has to be one of my favorite personality traits because I like to think that I'm quite open to new experiences so our next personality trait so what this is all about is how willing people are to accept new ideas and experience new things which means that this is absolutely brilliant for success because people high in this personality trait are much more likely to be successful and think outside the box to come up with new innovative solutions to the problems in at their career which which in psychology we always need though because we need to think about how will we help the people how will we help our clients well our clients to help overcome their mental health difficulties extraversion and this is where it actually gets quite interesting because you would have thought that extraversion would always lead to a success because extraversion you're more outgoing you're more of a people's person and yes that is true to some extent because at first this can lead to an increase in their success but over time success can actually lead to a decrease levels of extraversion because researchers have suggested that this is because successful people may depend less on the social support of others meaning that they have less sociable demands and which I think is an absolutely horrible way to put that so <laughs> yes like my explanation is that in other words extroverts become successful with their ability to bond with people and they radiate so-called positive vibes I was horrified when I read that in the article that inspired me for this post <laughs> positive vibes really <laughs> But when they get successful and let's say it become a, becomes a manager, there's a power shift. So the extrovert can't rely on other people anymore. Potentially a starving at the extrovert of the energy that they crave since extroverts tend to get their energy from other people. So that I think is very interesting enough simply because though it's not what you would simply because it's not what you would expect. And then the next one is conscientiousness. And then after this we've got one more personality dimension. So so the whole thing about con- about a conscientiousness is that it's related to a carefulness and a diligence. So people high in this personality trait, surprisingly, tend to be on a lower incomes because these people tend to seek out conventional jobs and these people tend to be less likely to ascend the career um, ladder, which I'm a bit surprised at because they be 
because you like would have thought though but that's a careful people and a really diligent people would it be able to be punctual would be a bit more like abs going and they would have the necessary skills that that uh, well that in employees that want to so they might be able to get the higher income jobs but surprisingly that's not but some people high in a conscientiousness they do in a higher career position but interestingly enough, after they achieve success, they aren't too interested in the little details and resulting in success leading to a decrease in conscientiousness. So that I think is like quite interesting because the personality factor leads to a decrease in their success. But then in the end, the behaviour of becoming like successful what can lead to a decrease in the personalities so that I thought was very interesting. And it will, will, it's like very interesting. And that's one of the great things about psychology is that everything is sort of like on its head. There's always so many great complex interactions going on though. Yes, that definitely keeps me interested in psychology. Then the last personality factor is agreeableness. Well, and come on, I think we can all what agreeableness is about because of the name. But this is where the research gets very muddy because some research says that it's best to be nicer to others and a pro-social to get ahead at work. But other research says it's best to be um ruthless to ascend the career ladder however the general idea and yes this is extremely general some people that are high in agreeableness tend to have lower starting salaries but then they can ascend the career ladder with their pro-social side kicking in when they've raised to a position of a power because they no longer have to climb over anyone though so personally, I have really have enjoyed today's episode because personality psychology is a great and really, really interesting area to study. Well, because personality psychology is it fills up with these great interactions where our personality can influence our behaviour, but then our behaviour can influence our personality. So there's so many great interactions that I really do enjoy learning about. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to learn more about personality psychology, please check out Personality Psychology and Individual Differences, available from all major ebook retailers, and you can get the payback and the hardback versions from Amazon, your local books, or local library if you request it. And the book comes out September the 28th of 2021, and I really do recommend pre-ordering it. And if you know someone who would find today's episode useful, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help us help us spread the word about the podcast. So have a great day, everyone. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.